0: Yeah, the first time I met Nigel Farage, I was chatting to him and uh, one of his uh, social media content managers, and we were discussing this particular issue and, and what I said to them at the time was that I don't think people should presume or assume that the tax incentives and the government structures and the government promises will continue to be there. So, in the UK, it's the issue of ISIS uh, and the SIPs, and in, in Australia, it's the superannuation, there was the story of Gordon Brown with the pensions, the corporate pensions going bust like Carillion. Because we're we're aware of a few different jurisdictions, we know that this is quite common. That governments sort of create these these systems that are tax efficient or, or beneficial in some way, and then they get reformed after you've you know you've committed to this system. And I think not trusting that those beneficial tax rules or those structures will continue to be there all the way through your your retirement is a key part of it. So the solution to that would be.
1: Welcome to the Exponential Investor Podcast. Want to be a better, smarter, more clued up investor? Well, you've come to the right place. We cover the breakthrough investment ideas you don't hear about in the mainstream to keep you on top of the megatrends and opportunities reshaping our world. Good morning and welcome to another episode of the Exponential Investor Podcast. I am your editor, Sam Volkering. And as mentioned last week, uh, our regular co-editor, Kit Winder, isn't with us. He's away on leave. So I've rung in a friend and colleague, Nick Hubble from Fortune and Freedom, to have a chat with me today about some pretty interesting stuff, I think. We'll we'll dive right in. So thanks for for jumping on with us today, Nick. Uh, I hope you've been well. Where, Where are you at the moment? Are you still in Japan, are you? That's right, I'm still in Japan, waiting on the second baby, but where's Kit? Does anyone know where he is uh but it's the it's like where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Where in the world is Kit Winder? um anyway, let's dive in today, Nick, because I love catching up with you and and having some robust discussions about everything that's going on in the world because um we we share similar views on some things, but then sometimes we have completely diametric opposing views about things. so I always love bringing you in and and having a chat uh about the world. I, wanted to, I want to talk about, I want to sort of start at the top and, and look at the big idea of financial repression because there's a lot going on in the world. I know this is a an area of a topic of interest that, that you cover immensely and with great detail. There's so much happening in the world with restrictions and government and, all, and, you know, centralized authority telling us what we can and what we can't do. I want to kind of hone in on that idea and I guess get your view on, Where you see the British market in particular in relation to all these changing views around restrictions, social restrictions, financial manipulations. I mean, what's an investor to make of of completely getting bombarded with negative, negative, negative information? It's enough to put the fear of God into anyone. How do you navigate the markets? How do you invest in a time where everything is just so, as a term that the Fed likes to use, so transitory?
0: Yeah, well, if I was going to be optimistic, I'd start talking about cryptocurrencies, which is your area of expertise. Mine is about what's going to go wrong and what all these governments are going to be doing to people that makes them need to own at least some cryptocurrencies in their portfolio. I hate that word, portfolio, but somewhere in their wealth to have these assets, these investments that governments cannot control, certainly not as easily as as, the typical financial assets that most people hold for their retirement. I personally advocate gold as well, as you know, but the cryptocurrency world, as far as I'm concerned anyway, exists because of the fact that the government can't strangle it in the same ways. To me, that's why cryptocurrencies are created and why the demand is there for them. But my focus still is very much on why and how governments are going to crack down on all sorts of different parts of our financial lives uh, and you know, not just our, our, the rest of our lives as they have been for the past two years. And I think it's really important that people realize that that's not unusual. In fact, it's the norm, um, the sort of things that the financial oppression is about, the sort of things that capital controls are about. That is the normal state of the world, a world where governments really heavily, heavy-handedly control our financial lives, especially across borders. Um, But people need to realize that this temporary period of of, free capital flows and and floating exchanges and all this sort of thing that might be coming to an end and the financial world that we've known and and grown comfortable with and upon which a lot of our assumptions are based when we invest could be about to change.
1: Yeah, I think that idea of our assumptions and what we know about finance, I think is certainly in the midst of a, a significant change and i think you're right there's there's certain you know, this idea of controls well from my view it seems like it changes with every time we have a, a changeover of, of leadership or government because everybody's trying to to bring you know the popular policy of the day into into line of fire which just seems to you know be that that appeases um i guess the woke the woke crowd i suppose is is, is something that that seems to be thrown a lot around a lot in politics when it when it comes to government overreach and 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 meddling in the system you know we we both have seen how that plays out with the superannuation system in Australia so for anyone that doesn't know that's that's the pension system in Australia that's what they call it superannuation well, i mean what's what's a, what's a retiree to do uh, you've got you know a, a bit of money tucked away that you've been you know diligently trying to invest and build and save over time Yet you've got the the fear of, of of the heavy hand of government reaching over your shoulder looking to try and find a way to tax it or or, or wrestle it back away from you. Certainly I think if, you know, as you as you mentioned, cryptocurrencies is I think a, a part solution to that problem. But at the same time, there's an element of risk of being too heavily invested in cryptocurrencies. So I mean what are your thoughts around that what are some of the mechanisms that people can think about or should be thinking about in order to protect themselves i suppose
0: yeah the first time i met nigel farage i was chatting to him and uh, one of his uh, social media content managers and we were discussing this particular issue And, and what i said to them at the time was that i don't think people should presume or assume that the tax incentives and the government structures and the government promises will continue to be there. So in the UK it's the issue of ISIS uh, and the SIPs and then in Australia it's the superannuation. There was the story of Gordon Brown with the pensions, the corporate pensions going bust like Carillion. Because we're we're aware of a few different jurisdictions, we know that this is quite common, that governments sort of create these these systems that are tax efficient or, or beneficial in some way. And then they get reformed after you've, you know, you've committed to this system. And I think not trusting that those beneficial tax rules so those structures will continue to be there all the way through your, your retirement is a key part of it. So, the solution to that would be to diversify. So, don't rely entirely on, on money being in your ISA. don't rely entirely on your SIP, don't rely entirely on all these different things. I, I get irritated when people say you should diversify because often diversification is a way to generate mediocre returns you know if you're in everything then you're also in the duds as well as the things that are doing especially well and you know that that's wise but i think it can get taken too far but in this case diversification not just you know within the stock market not just within asset classes but also for example where you hold them the locations uh whether you have them inside your ice or outside your ice or inside your sips or outside all of these sorts of things that the government can adjust and twist uh, you know, they will be adjusted and twisted. I, I feel like for years I've been trying to think of the analogy or the metaphor that is commonly used for this situation, but I can't quite remember it. It's it's the opposite of, you know, closing the, the door, or closing the gate when, once the horse is bolted. It's, you know, closing the gate once the horse has, you know, gone into the pen thinking that they can escape whenever they want. And then, you know, or it's that haunted house moment when you walk into the haunted house and the door slams shut behind you and you can't open it anymore. I think investors need to be really wary about that moment, that moment when their, their assets are committed to a particular structure that's, you know, used to be very tax incent- incentivized and efficient. And all of a sudden, um, you know, the government declares, well, actually, we're going to means test this or, you know, actually, we're going to test taxes at a high rate because only rich people do it or whatever the change might be. People need to realize that's coming, and so I think having a lot of your wealth outside of those weird and wonderful systems is is a good thing to do, so that you know. I mean, the government's not going to make sweeping changes to to everything um, at once. It's going to target the parts of the financial system where they've created incentives, you know, beneficial mm. tax tax incentives you know, or whatever it might be. The,
1: the idea of how you hold your investments and assets, I don't think people think enough about that. Uh, that very idea, um, you know, I, it reminds me of this story. Um, I can't remember the guy's name, but he's back. I think it was pre-17s crypto sort of boom and, and then sort of crypto winter. And we've obviously since gone on to, to greater highs from there. But he, he had, um, he, he talks about how he stores and has stored a whole bunch of Bitcoin uh, on hardware devices all over the world. So he says on five different continents, he holds Bitcoin in a hardware device in a location that, you know, only he and only I think his kids know about. And and I I found I found that interesting because it 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 kind of like that the ability to do that isn't necessarily that easy, right? So it's not it's not easy to go and hold money in different countries, in different accounts or different structures. Um, it's it's certainly with the traditional financial system it's certainly not cost effective for the average person but then when we do talk about something like cryptocurrencies and look when we talk about financial repression and breaking free from from financial repression the the conversation does inevitably keep coming back to crypto because that's that's really what it is by design is is that moving outside of a system that for so long um, has been manipulated and corrupted and and built into this incredibly complex and convoluted system that doesn't really actually work for everybody. And so So, I just want to
0: make an example of that playing out mm. really clear to people that I should have experienced. So over the last five years or so, I've lived in six or seven different countries. I've moved around all the time, been a taxpayer in in all sorts of places. Uh, Mm. And I've actually lived in those places and worked in those places, not just visited them. And each time it was an absolute bureaucratic and, and tax world like, Spectacular nightmare of, of epic pro- pro- proportions, and it still is. It still is dealing with all of those, and you know, I spend a huge amount of my time trying to you know get the upgrades to to banking apps for bank accounts, and 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 you know, trying to deal with customer services in various places, and needing like local phone numbers and not having them. In fact, at the moment, I've got no phone number, um, because I haven't bothered to get one here in Japan. And it it's a total you know, nightmare to deal with the financial system if you're moving around. If, if my wealth was was denominated in Bitcoin during all this process, it wouldn't have made any significant difference to having to deal with all these financial institutions. It would just would have been me and the Bitcoin. Uh, and each time I moved, moving my wealth with me would have been significantly easier uh, with no sort of, uh, I guess, the word, what's the word? Um, transaction costs of, of bringing my wealth around in my currencies. And I think the growth of the whole digital nomad movement is going to be a, a huge part of, of Bitcoin's demand. And I mm. think that movement's only going to grow as this issue of financial oppression grows because more and more people are going to need to get out of wherever it is they are to avoid these sorts of crackdowns.
1: That's interesting. I don't think
0: that, that probably that idea
1: around digital nomads, uh, I don't think that's probably explored in enough detail by most people it's because like you say, like a lot of people don't actually experience what it is like to have to move countries and then have to move your entire financial life as well. I I remember when I moved from Australia to the UK, the issue was, you know, you'd try and find somewhere to rent so that you could live somewhere um, when you first moved over here. And the problem was that you couldn't rent somewhere unless you had a bank account, but you couldn't get a bank account unless you had an address. And you couldn't get uh, either of those unless you had um, you know, a a, a telephone account or you had some bills and utilities to prove your address and to prove you know you could earn money and all these sorts of things so it's you know you you're sort of the snake trying to catch you know snake button his It's you just keep going around in these vicious circles where you can't actually get anything done and it is an absolute nightmare to do but and i've got one of these here, and and for people listening in and not watching, this probably isn't necessarily going to be the greatest example. But if you're watching, I am, you know, I'm this little device that I've just pulled out from behind me is a Ledger hardware wallet. I could carry my entire wealth in cryptocurrency on this little device, jam it in my pocket, and go anywhere in the world and bring it with me. The minute I land there, it's as accessible that it is to me then as it is to me now. That I think is. That's a change in in how we can actually move wealth around the world that really has never existed before Bitcoin. That ability to be nomadic and mobile. And with and I'm actually also interested, and this sort of does bring us to another topic around the idea of digital nomads or you know, is is you know work from home and remote working, if this becomes our new normal, and I want to get your idea on whether or not it is going to be our new normal or not. Then all of a sudden, you're right. The idea of cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and the ability to move borders or get paid in Bitcoin from one place to another. You know, you might be living in um, Germany, Japan, the UK, but the company you're working for might be based in Estonia or Singapore or wherever. It doesn't really matter. And you could be getting paid in Bitcoin. Um, And and this this happens a lot or another cryptocurrency. In terms of the bigger trend, do you, is this something, do you think that this is what we will see is that, that more and more and more there will be companies without head offices is that we will be working from home or there will be digital nomads that will be working from all over the place. It's, it's not an idea that's new. We've been talking about micro work and these sorts of things for a long time, but certainly it seems like with cryptocurrency, it helps to, I guess, grease the wheels for that system to come to fruition.
0: Yeah, it's what I should have done. I regret not doing it. I regret not um, not doing exactly what you've just said um, making my financial knife flow first and foremost through cryptocurrencies, <laughs> which have made my life a hell of a lot easier <laughs> over the last five years. Um, but the more interesting angle here for our subscribers is think about the digital nomad movement as a retirement thing, right? Because if financial repression and capital controls are coming in mm. and, and you've got the opportunity to evade them, by we don't, a by digital the way, nomad.
1: advocate evading any taxes or anything. Well, on, by, by, by
0: becoming a digital nomad. Just want to clarify um, that. So it, literally physically evading the, the nation states, um, not the taxes of each different place if you actually live there. But this becomes viable now. You can move your wealth you know, to a new country every six months and keep just keep moving around seeing the world. And you because know, of the cost of living differences, That I think that whole world becomes viable, a digital nomad retiree. Um, who just keeps moving. The obvious way of organizing your financial life, if you want to do that, is cryptocurrencies. Uh, it's certainly not the, the legacy financial system. And I think that might be the next big boom, because these people have not just income sources, they've got assets. Um, and then, you know, they're they're drawing down those assets to to enjoy life. So this is the obvious thing to do. Do you know what this 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 reminds me of a
1: somewhat of a conversation I had with our colleague Boaz Joshan not too long ago about yachts in terms of we sort of started talking about this idea and that you could you know pick up stumps and effectively move your your domicile, your residency, your tax residency, all those sorts of things to a more friendly tax environment um take all all your wealth with you and 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 be you know treated in a much more tax effective way and it made me think. And it's an idea that I've you know coined with for some time. Maybe in you know if I become a digital nomad in the far off future, retiree in the far off future, that um, you'd you'd consider just buying a yacht, living on a yacht, and moving out into international waters every six months, and just be, being somewhere where I mean I'm not sure what the tax treatment is on international waters, but I'm sure it's a, a damn sight better than the UK or or Australia or Japan for that for that matter. Um, and and in that sense, I'm like well. Maybe we should be long on yacht manufacturers. I know during the pandemic, I saw an interesting article about the, the rise in sales in super and mega yachts absolutely went through the roof during the pandemic, which I don't know whether that's a reflection of the widening rich poor divide or whether it's a, just a reflection of people wanting to get on yachts and get the hell out of Dodge. Um, but it, it makes, me, makes me think that you know maybe the, some of these regions that are more tax friendly and tax effective, trying to attract people that have got wealth and money to move there and and be looked after in a better way, you know, maybe these are some of the places that investors should be thinking about. And you know, if there's a publicly listed mega yacht company out there, um, maybe it's worth running the ruler, ruler over that as well.
0: I think the part of this that people should focus on is that the alternative is becoming consistent or going to become consistently less attractive in the sense that there will be capital controls and financial repression for example the real return on bonds which is a big part of people's portfolio and their retirement plans you know it's a negative yield you're losing your wealth um, and so the alternative becomes more and more attractive and i think more of that is going to happen in various different ways especially capital controls so i think it's not just the the attraction of the digital nomad lifestyle especially for retirees um it's also you know the, the pressure that's being put on people who, who can't move or don't move, it's also worth pointing out, of course, that the company that uh, is publishing this was initially founded as a magazine for well, not quite digital nomads, but uh, international living was, was basically about people retiring overseas, looking for better places uh, to go to. And a big part of that was was taxes. So we've uh, we've come full circle. Yeah, absolutely. And look, to be fair, I'm sure we can keep going on about this for quite some
1: time, looking into to things like uh, utilizing some of the 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 newer facets of decentralized finance and and generating you know high interest with some of the uh the new crypto high interest accounts you know there are some that are doing 9 10 12% on stable coins which not only beats inflation but it beats some most investment returns at the moment as well um you know that's a whole nother topic that we could maybe dive into another time and and continue this discussion but We have gone on for long enough today. We like to keep Exponential Investor podcast nice and short and sharp for you. Uh, Key takeaway today, buy a yacht and nick off into international waters, I think the one thing is we should all do. Anyway, thanks Nick so much for joining us. Appreciate your time. Thank you everyone for watching and listening. We'll be back with you again next week. Uh, I think Kit's still away, so I'll either ring in Nick again or get another guest in to have a chat with us. But thanks for tuning in and we'll be with you again soon. Bye for now.